Right now, more and more of us are feeling a tremendous burden. The burden of other people's expectations, beliefs and pressures to do and say and be who they think we should be. Whether that comes in the form of expectations from your parents that insist you will study law and medicine, but all you desperately want to do is study art, or the pressures to find the one when you are utterly freaking content being single, or wanting to have a career but being judged if you don't take care of the home, or like me, meeting the man of your dreams and being told it won't work because we don't come from the same culture. And to say anything to the contrary to any of these stereotypes, guys, well, we are often shamed. Shamed for not wanting it. Shamed for dreaming of something else. Shamed for going against others' beliefs. So many of us live in quiet desperation. But some of us, like today's guest, find our voice. A YouTube phenomenon, she was one of the first women in the Middle East to rise to superstar status with her vlogs and viral videos that looked to dismantle stereotypes through rap. But she was about to find out that being in the public eye tenfolds the pressures we as women typically face. Over time, as she went through her own transformation of deciding to remove her hijab, she publicly received tremendous hate and backlash. Known for her iconic hijab fashion game, some, ironically mostly women, shamed her for her decision. And so she stood up once more. Using their struggles as inspiration, she wrote and produced her new song, The Abe Song, where she confronts shame head on. And she's here today, guys, to share how she garnered the strength and courage to fight for herself. How she got back up after the weight of other people's opinions took her to her knees. So guys, please help me welcome the woman who is a true light to anyone's dark days, the creator of change, and my good friend, Haifa Beseso. Lisa, I'm very, very happy to be sitting with you here. This is literally one of the things on my bucket list. And I want to tell you guys something. I met Lisa in real life. Me and her were sitting next to each other in Puerto Rico and we would make coffee together, remember? <laughs> I was in love with her. I'm like, how can I be confident like her? I was in, in love with every time she speaks, everyone listens. And I'm like, one day? I want to be like that. I want to have that superpower. And Lisa, I want to uh, tell you something. I know we're, we spoke about this and we're going to dive into a lot of interesting topics. We're going to get real with it. We have an intention of realness uh, to connect with people, with women, men. And I would just say in the beginning that my intention with anything that I will share, uh, and I know because a lot of people know my story of traveling around the world, having my own YouTube channel, following my dreams, and all of that. And then also a part of that journey was a change that they saw in me physically. They saw a physical change and we will talk about it. Uh, the physical change uh, that the people saw is that I removed my hijab. So anything that we will talk about, we will, is not about encouraging anyone to remove it. We're not promoting that. Uh, we're talking about choice and transitions. And as anybody who wants to do any choice in their life, study something or, uh, and that has to do with change and you get a backlash 
what happens? How does that backlash feel like and how to deal with it? Because starting off when I was 15 and when I started my channel, I never thought I would remove it. I never thought I would personally go through that. So I, it's a story of someone who went through a genuine like change for personal reasons that I, I respect and uh, hope we respect each other with, the, with that choice. But I will be real with you, uh, Lisa, about how that felt to be hated a lot for a choice and how to how I personally stood up from it and how I dealt uh, with it, with the respect of everyone, respecting every single woman who's wearing it. I know the struggle uh, she goes through and the feeling and the passion she has for it. And uh, yeah, I'm ready to dive in deep with you. Well, thank you, girl, for saying all that because I 100% agree. This is about bringing the masses together, no matter what choice we make. It is not about isolating anyone. It is not about right or wrong. There is no right and wrong on people's choices, in my opinion. So for me, I am so looking forward to diving deep with you, going into whether you choose to wear a hijab, whether you choose not to wear a hijab, whether you are like me that choose to marry outside of your religion or whether you choose to marry inside your religion. Like at the end of the day, this discussion is about how on earth do we come together and empower each other with no freaking judgment on making the choice that is right for you. So thank you girls so much for saying that. So take me to the point where you had broken the expectation. People said, hey, you're not going to be good in front of TV. You're not, you don't look the right part. You don't act the right part. And so the expectation to fit into the mold, you rejected and started your own YouTube channel. And I really want to start there because because that to me is only the beginning of the transformation you have gone through in pushing back on people's beliefs, pushing back on people trying to shame you. Um, so yeah, let's dive in girl and take me, take me back to that story. So what's interesting is that I feel like in my life, every phase had to do with me walking around with like a dream on my back. It's like a pack, a backpack with a dream there and uh, my intention. And then I get faced by things in reality that are trying to stop me. And then at every phase, uh, I had to creatively uh, and with empathy and with love, try to get to where I want. Uh, these days, more and more, I feel as women, I can speak for myself as, as a woman, you feel like you're uh, faced with a lot of pressures from everywhere to be a certain way, to look a certain way in career, to do this, to do that. And all I want is basically the, the ability to be myself in that world that has a lot of rules, like you said, about marriage or looks or work or career uh, or anything. In the beginning, my story, when I was in TV, people didn't want to give me a chance unless I changed things about me. And one of the things they wanted me to do is to remove my hijab and I didn't want to be told what to do. Uh, so I refused and I quit my job to to find, find a job, find a job. I'm like, if you're not, I, I remember a guy, literally, I went to him, he was a channel manager. I wanted to tell him my idea and he literally closed the door in my face. So when I saw that visual, I was like, I'm not gonna knock on doors like that. I'm gonna put myself out there and let, let my skill, my talent, my intentions, my ideas, knock on the universe's door, everyone's door. So to anyone listening to us who has an idea and a passion, these days we have something so powerful called the internet. We can just put ourselves out there and it'll reach the right people. So what I did as a young girl, I was like, I refuse, I refuse for you to tell me how I should look like, 
what to do. And I quit my job. And when they told me nobody's going to watch your YouTube channel, I traveled the world. And a few years after, I have around 50 million views on it there. What started uh, as me looking for a job turned into a full-time living my dream job. Okay, so you got this backpack, you've carried it around with you, you really believe in it, but as you said, you're going to get backlash, right? There's one thing, it being someone shutting the door in your face, which is terrible, by the way, and horrific. And I want to talk about how you kept going because a lot of people just stop in that moment, feel badly about themselves and then quit. But it's also, there's something to a stranger telling you you can't, right? Closing the doors, like, uh uh-huh, you don't know me. But there's a whole other thing when it's um, family, it's friends, it's culture, right? Like for myself, I'll speak for myself. My dad, who I love more than life itself, was the one who told me my marriage with my husband wouldn't work because we don't have the same culture. So there's a, and a lot of people, here's the thing, Haifa, a lot of people then go, oh, okay, I won't then marry him. And that becomes the choice, like you said, and I really want to go deep on the choice. That becomes, you make a choice that leads you potentially 5, 10, 15, 20 years, maybe the rest of your life down a path that isn't you, that doesn't even then end up touching the backpacker dreams. So how do you keep going? How do you make sure that when you have people pushing back, whether it's people you know or think, how do you keep going? Because this is the question I get asked all the time. How do you not stop with judgment? How do you not stop with criticism? How do you not stop with shame? Uh, What I would say is don't take it personally. That's the secret word. Don't take it personally if someone didn't believe in your dream because guess what? It's clearer in your head than someone else's. So you understand it. You see all the 3D images. You see the dimensions, the magic. So it's clearer to you than them. So it's okay if they don't get it. What if you're in a situation then in that where you, um, because I know how much you love your mom, you're really close to her, you know, I'm I'm really close to my family. Um, what if the, you get pushback from the people you love the most? Because this is the tricky thing, right? Like the experience you're going through, the transformation you're going through, you're freaking strong, girl, but you are facing backlash. You are facing people that are coming to you and saying, you know, like judging your choice, if you will. And I think that's what stops us. We are so afraid to be judged by our decisions that we sometimes don't live our life that we want. So for you, when you say, I'm going to keep going, how do you do that? How do you get out of bed when you know that someone's going to come at you for a choice that you've made? I feel like we need to acknowledge first the pain that it comes, that it, that, that comes with. We have to say, Perfect. yes. So if anybody is going through this and it feels very difficult to them, for them to know they're not the only people. So it gets really hard sometimes. And maybe this is where I will talk about the choice that I made that gave me a lot of backlash, which is when I removed the hijab. Uh, as I told you in the beginning, I'm, I'm always like a fighter and a rebel. So growing up, I, uh, as I mentioned, I, I fought uh, TV to wear it and keep it on. But then I traveled the world and a lot of things happened, which I always say publicly that I'm not ready to talk about my reasons yet, maybe soon, maybe in a book, maybe something. But I, I what I'm going to say is I, de- I deserve respect, me and any girl that's standing to make any choice that they want. Uh, we need to learn how to do that, to respect one another. Your uh, personal choices uh, with religion or anything, I, I not everyone 
you know, has the right to sit and take it personally. So I got uh, people not just shaming me. They were calling me things that were so shocking and so hard. They said I did this for money to get more money or I used the hijab for fame, which was so, so not true and hard for me to hear to connect such a thing with money and to doubt everything that I've ever done. It's literally a story of a woman who went through change. I went through a change and my decision changed. I was 15 when I wore it. I was 30 when I removed it. And what I would say is that a woman has the right to change her mind if she wants, just like how no one has the right to, to remove something that a woman really wants to wear. I, a lot of my hijabi friends struggle around the world to find jobs, to do this, because people want to remove it. Why this obsession with women? Just leave women alone with what they decide to wear and what they don't. But the things that I want to tell you, Lisa, is that it's not just men that interfere in the, in the lives of women. I got vicious attack from attacks from other women. I understand that it's a change and it's it's a change that they're seeing and it's strange for them. But at some point we need to learn how to respect each other's uh, choices. And as women, if we want to rise, we we really need to start supporting one another. I think the reason women uh, or some people were offended by this decision is number one, because people don't like change. They're not used to change. So if I came up uh, to them in the beginning looking like this, they would have been used to it. Also, I was known as a hijabi traveler. Um, so inspired a lot of beautiful young girls to travel the world with it. And, you know, being a hijabi, you know, when I used to wear it myself, actually these girls go through a lot. They're such superheroes to stand up every day and be in the face of like racism sometimes. And um, under, you know, under a lot of circumstances, they swim with it, they ski with it and they're themselves. It's, it's, it's beautiful to see how women stand up for what they want want always. So when I took it, it's first of all to acknowledge that people are not used to change and, and maybe uh, they looked up uh, to me with it. But then uh, when you ask me what gave you the power to keep going, regardless of knowing that you'll get some backlash, I don't know how to lie or give a double face to people. I had to be myself. I can't film a camera closed and be something else after. And um, yeah. So, so how, how did you start to feel? Because here's what I'm trying to do. Even, it's not even about religion, but even women who are wearing the hijab now that want to keep wearing it, I want to give them the tools of how you stick to the choice that is right for you, right? So yeah. again, it's not about taking it off or keeping it on. It is about whatever choice you did, how does Haifa help give the tips that she used in order to stay strong to keep going with that belief, right? So it's like, if you want to believe to keep it on, if you want to believe to take it off, like with me, if you want to go out of your culture and marry someone that isn't in the same religion as you, if you want to go against the grain and not have children when everyone in your family has six, right? It is everything that I encompassed in the intro and everything that we're talking about now to say, what are the things on how you keep going, how you make sure that you really own it. And so as you started to feel more out of alignment with what you were wearing, right? If that's like a bright way to say it, you're out of alignment. How did that start to feel internally? Because I actually find this quite interesting to talk about, which I've never spoken about before, of how you start to feel internally that maybe yeah. other women right now listening can go, 
oh, I didn't realize, but I'm not in alignment with X, Y, and Z, with my marriage, with, with family, with kids, whatever it is. How does that start to feel? Because you said, I can't be on camera one day and then behind the scenes be a different way. Um, how did you start to feel as that started to happen? So first of all, you know, they always say that for you to, to have an action, you have to have an intention first. So if the intention is not there, then the action doesn't count. So when my intention changed, uh, so I felt that the action wasn't aligned. And I feel like as women, this is really interesting. Listening to our bodies can, can tell a lot. So what happened to me is that when I stopped being in alignment with it and I got that pressure of putting it uh, and I was in that transition, which was very short to me when I had to wear it for the camera because I didn't have the courage to post that picture yet. It was very, very scary. What happened is that I had inner pain in, in one of the nerves that's close to my inner ear something on the inside and it hurt me so much. And when I went to the doctor, he said, it's because of stress. So when we're not in alignment, in my personal experience, it turned into stress and physical pain. And this is where I was sitting with the doctor and I said, I know why I have to post that picture and I'll take the bullets no matter how much it'll hurt, but I, I will deal with it. And I was getting prepared for it. And then when I posted that picture, the attack that I got was actually so much more intense that, than I thought. Uh, some people were swearing at me. A lot of people would get traumatized just reading the comments. I didn't even read them. My family would read them, but looking at their faces, I was like, what are they reading? What is happening? There were videos about me being made. Um, people wished I would die. And I was not used to that because I was the loved girl. I was celebrated in magazines and people. The little good girl is traveling the world. And I suddenly became the bad girl overnight. And I, I used to really care about being loved by everybody. And my biggest growth was, you don't all have to like me. That's what life teaches you. At 30, I learned no matter what, you walk into a room, not everybody will agree with you. Siblings now disagree with one another, and especially on topics like that, on value, deep topics like this. And it makes you just think about things we're told as humans. What I would say, what I'm gonna dare to say now is we need to start using our minds. There's a lot that we are told that is a facade around us. Uh, that's what the Aib song is. To shame a woman for wearing colors, riding a bike, for laughing. And some people attacked me for that song, of course. And what I remind them is that this song was written by the people. I posted on my story, what are you shamed for? And based on people's answers, we wrote the song. So now they're enjoying like, yeah, Haifa's the bad girl, let's attack her as well. I was like, actually, this is not my story because I am not shamed day and night in my city. My family is very supportive uh, of all, you know, the boys and the girls in the family. This was written by real girls going through these stories. And as much as it hurts to know that there's a harmful reality, we need to first acknowledge it, talk about it to heal it. The whole tension this year, us attacking each other, putting this anger and frustration towards each other, just remind us, reminds us of how much we need healing. The masculine, the feminine, we all need to heal. Instead of putting that energy to each other, 
let's take a deep breath and let's take a step back and remember as humans, we are here on this earth to make this journey easier on each other, not more difficult. And for me, no matter what people say, I know my intention. I want to be on this earth to be to, to be a, a light warrior, to uh, a love soldier, a unicorn, to spread love. And to me, that's what I just really wish for, to intensify that healing, to relax a bit, to relax a bit, and not to just judge one another and, and hurt one another. We waste so much time. I always say if we as a community, as a culture, as a people, we, we have a goal and we walk straight to it. We get to the goal quickly. But if we keep looking at each other and interfering in each other's business and attacking one another, we lose the, the petrol that we have. We lose the focus and we never get there. We're just fighting. We're just an anxiety. That's so true, girl. Um, I've listened to your song maybe close to 30 times by now and using your audience's words about what people are shamed for is so powerful. I didn't know that when I first heard your song. So I heard your song. I thought it was you speaking of all the things that you've been shamed for. And then just diving deeper, I was like, oh my God, it's even more powerful that these are the voices of thousands. And you talk about starting the conversation, right? Starting the conversation on all these things. And then you talk about healing. Do you think that that's the first step in order to try and heal? You must first start addressing things like out in the open. I guess so, because the first step uh, towards uh, putting light on the darkness is knowledge. In Arabic, we have a very famous quote that says, uh, science is knowledge or knowing is, uh, is light. Knowing is light uh, or knowledge is light. The problem is when do people lose their rights the most? When they don't even know their rights. So to tell someone, to take someone to the known, from the unknown to the known, listen, you have that option. So I have a problem knowing that it, there's a reality and realities are created by us humans. If there's a reality that if I give birth to twins, a boy and a girl, and a girl's going to struggle more, that something should be done. And the problem is when culture starts to take over. I'm not talking about religion. I'm talking about culture. A part of the, the inspiration, inspiration of Aib Song is the rise of honor killings. There are stories of girls being killed, like in such horrific ways, I cannot even tell you how, for, for certain reasons, because of honor or, or some reasons that, you know, but the guy can do it, but the girl cannot do it. And I'm maybe gonna get hate for saying that, but someone has to have the guts to say it. And when you ask me, how do you have the guts to say it? I don't know. I, I, I reached a place, I don't mind getting these bullets. Someone has to speak up. God damn girl. Um... That is so powerful. And then starting this conversation, because going back to what you were saying, we're all conditioned. Like that's a word that really strikes me. We're all conditioned from birth and we don't realize it. We're conditioned by our parents, the school we go to, the neighborhood we grew up in, you know, forget about the country we grew up in. Um, we are conditioned to think and be this a certain way. And so I'm not saying, oh my God, screw everybody that's conditioned us in this way. I'm just saying, cool, now that we're aware that we're being conditioned and that, that conditioning doesn't serve us, doesn't serve our backpack of goals, um, now we can actually make the freaking change. But it's crazy to me that people come at you for just pointing out the facts, like the way the world is, the way you see it. And so I actually want to go to a couple of things that you said in your Abe song, 
So you said if he works overtime, he's a hard worker. If she works overtime, she's selfish. If you're on a bike, you're shamed. Your colors shamed, your money shamed, your phone shamed, your voice shamed, your age, your, your face, your clothes, your posture, your dreams, your makeup, all shamed. And then right at the end, you freaking look dead into the camera and you say, what shameful is the way you think? I got the chills even just saying it. So. That to me was you addressing everything and then giving a mes message back. How do we now, like, so A, talk me through what made you say that last statement as like yeah. a final. And then where do we now go from here? Yeah, uh, so many important points in what you said. The first thing I wanna tell you is to when we talk about someone speaking about the truth and all of that. Uh, what I've learned is that there isn't one ultimate truth. So what could be true to me might not be truth to, true to another girl that's living in Jordan or Syria or in America. But what's important is that we have the ability to think and know what our choices are as individuals, as all genders, and decide for ourselves without controlling one another. The issue that's happening these days is control. And that's what's not healthy. Maybe some people do it thinking they're being healthy, but they're hurting whoever they're controlling in the long term and, 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 and. So for me, all these lines uh, that were said towards the end and how it ends so abruptly and all these words that we are shamed for just shows the pressure that um, some girls have to go through when they're shamed like that. And a lot of things actually don't make sense. Colors and all of that. Why can't we just let them be? And this is when you realize a little bit that the patriarchy has its hand here. So it's all these things that the, the patriarchy used to pressure women, uh, which they wouldn't have agreed to themselves if they were born as a woman, because it just they just make a girl's life so difficult. I looked at them and I said, your mind is what's I because if you're saying it's, it's uh, sexual to wear all these colors or too tempting, or if she's on a bike, maybe you should change the way you think. Why don't we tell other people, like if she's wearing, if she's on a bike or if she's running it's a, it's it's sports but actually this is sexualizing a girl's body this is sexualizing a girl's body not allowing her to do these things because you will say that it's she will look sexual she has the right to work out she has the right to work out come on you're gonna shame her for this as well and just my friend yesterday, a friend of mine, a childhood friend was attacking me so much for the Aib song. And you're right, when it's a friend, it hurts so much more. She was just telling me, are you saying that girls shouldn't cook and clean for their husbands? Are you shaming women who cook and clean for their husbands? I said, I didn't say that. I'm talking about when girls are working so hard and the man is working so hard and they both come at home, but then the man just sits and the expectations only over the woman or when we raise a brother and a sister and we raise the sister to clean everything around the house and the brother can smudge it all with his football and not giving him the similar responsibility. So I was talking about giving them both the responsibility to do whatever. And I told her that my mother and all my aunts, they're very passionate housewives. My mom makes the best food in the world. That's amazing. But I don't. My genius is at work. So I cannot spend a lot of time cooking. And that's the choice I decided for myself. And whenever I get any partner to be in my life, they, uh, for me, it's them accepting that I don't do that and that they don't mind taking part at home. Can we have that conversation? 
It, they shame men. They shame men even for wanting to help their wives, for being a bit open-minded with their wives. So shame goes to both. I know a lot of supportive men who are like feminists and all of that. They're so beautiful. They get attacked like crazy by men, by women. But maybe we're going through the transition because we're talking about it. Uh, I would say maybe there's a bit of like, we're shaking things up. There's a bit of anxiety and anger and maybe this will settle down. Maybe not, I don't know. But I, I hope that uh, with time, with, with these conversation, at least we would grow to learning that we need to give each other the choice without having to physically or verbally attack one another because we're not all agreeing to the exact same thing because it's impossible to make 7 billion people all around the world to agree to the exact same thing. I'm going to be utterly honest. There is little more damaging to your confidence than feeling weak and helpless and just struggling to get the care that you actually need from your doctor. And trust me, guys, I unfortunately speak from experience because when I was struggling with crippling, crippling gut issues about nine years ago now, it took me years, years to find a doctor that not only could I connect with, but a doctor that actually would listen, wouldn't gaslight me and actually take my words and my experience as truth so that they could actually eventually help me heal and not just to give me another freaking pill and then push me out the door. But now, my homie, you don't have to struggle to find the right doctor for you anymore. And that's thanks to ZocDoc. ZocDoc is an absolutely free app and website where you can search and compare highly rated in-network doctors near you and then instantly book appointments with them online. And with ZocDoc, you can actually filter by insurance, location and specialities to find the perfect fit for you, not for your friend, not for anyone else, but for you. Plus, on top of that, you can actually go and read verified reviews from real patients to find the doctor that you can actually trust. And typically, wait times for booking an appointment are days, not weeks. Because let's face it, when you're sick, you need to see someone right now. So my homie, do not, I repeat, do not neglect your health. Instead, go over to ZocDoc.com slash Lisa and download the ZocDoc app for absolutely free. Then find and book a top rated doctor today. That's ZocDoc, Z-O-C-D-O-C dot com slash Lisa. ZocDoc.com slash Lisa. But oh my God. Okay. So you are so freaking right on so many things here that I want to really bring together. And this is something I battle with Haifa on a daily basis. I am so paranoid that my message is going to be changed into something else. Because what I say is I was a stay at home wife for eight years. And now I found myself, I found my business, I love my life. But what the one thing I always make sure I say when I say I was a stay at home wife for eight years is that it wasn't a choice. If you choose, if that's what you want, if your backpacker dreams is to stay at home and have five kids and, you know, homeschool them and be the best freaking wife on the planet, girl, I want to freaking be there for you. I want to support you. I want to be a cheerleader. I want to rally you on because that's a decision that you want. That's a choice you want. But just because I, that's not a choice I want doesn't mean A, I disagree or judge you for it. But why can't you give me the same grace? Why can't you give me the same um, choice that you're making, but me making it on the other side? And it, people are 
thinking that by you making a choice, it is a statement on what you are moving away from. No, no, it's not a statement on that. It's not a statement that I don't want to be a stay-at-home wife, so therefore stay-at-home wives are bad. Like, it's not, that's not the freaking statement we're making. So for you, what I love about, because I know you as well, and I know how beautiful your heart is, and I know what an incredible human you are that you show up for people. Like, I know that you're not saying that. I know you're not judging people. You're just saying, guys, this is a choice that I'm making. And just like I will support whatever choice you want, if you want to cook and clean, amazing. But I think that I, not even think, I deserve the respect to have just as much right as you do. 100%. Yeah. That was uh, that was difficult because a lot of people who I thought are my friends um, actually made videos about me comparing me to some political event that happened and compared both of us. And yeah, so it's fine. You learn how to be strong and still have empathy. And whenever something hurtful happens to me and someone who loves me so much, I tell them, by the way, this happened and they get angry. I'm like, just relax. We don't have to get angry as well. It's not going to take us anywhere. Let's try to understand where they're coming from and try and deal with it with empathy. So I would say one of the main takeaways and tips is it's okay if not everybody loves you. It's so much peace when you love you that you know this hashtag and what may seem as cliche self-love that deep self-love of acceptance of that acceptance falling every day being okay with the pain let it pass not fighting the pain being okay with it because you're human and it's okay and knowing that you're not the only one and just trying to find like-minded people to become a tribe that word of a tribe and by time you your people will slowly and slowly come to you and just purifying everything, going back to that intention, that intention, knowing that our soul is on this earth for a soul mission. What's my soul mission? One of the things that helped me a lot was having coaches, was working out. I know you love working out, Lisa. Uh, when we have a lot of intense emotions, like before I posted the Ibe song, my trainer was like, who are you today? Because I was like, anxiety to the machines so guys like we really need to take care of ourselves holistically with food uh try to cut the drama internally in our households between family and friends so we can deal with the outer external drama that we cannot control wisdom just remembering the soul imagining yourself uh, 90 years from now what would my 90 year Haifa or Lisa tell me Zooming out, knowing that this noise that seems to be as the biggest thing ever when you zoom out, you know, just visually zoom out, it's, it's actually small and you try to think ahead. Would that matter, you know, 50 years from now? Uh, so I'm all about acknowledging the pain not being in denial, how to heal it, having few tips. So I saw a therapist, I was diagnosed with depression after I removed it. I would have nightmares for a month straight, couldn't get out of the house. And then my cousin just booked me with a therapist. That was my turning point. She booked me with a therapist. And then when the therapist diagnosed me with depression, because when I, when they gave me a form to fill and I was the most positive person, everyone says, hey, that's so positive. When they gave me a form to fill, they were, I was looking at it. I was answering a lot of questions as yeah, I'd prefer not to live actually so they got worried about me and this is where she's like I think you need to get some meds she said that I finished my session with her signed up at the gym 
because I'm the kind that doesn't like to take meds and I'm like, I'm going to organically try and release it. So I found an excellent trainer, got myself out there. Sometimes when you can't control your emotions and it's so fat, uh, so hard to get it into physical motion, you know, they talk about alchemy, how to be an alchemist and ch change the energy. Sometimes you need the power of the body. That's why a soul is in the body to use both together, to use the body to help with the soul mission. So then you physically move your body and you burn all this anxiety so you can show up to life in a healthier way. And it takes time and it's fine. I got a personal branding coach called Rana Mu'awad. She's amazing. She helped me change my outlook because for me, I felt like I lost my voice. In the intro, you spoke to me about voice. So when the attack was so hard, I lost my voice. I was like, this passion and, and mission that I had to show Arabia now, I'm hurt. I'm hurt by some people in Arabia. I've seen firsthand how the backlash a woman goes through for a choice she made, which I hope like, I'm like, I didn't kill anyone. Why are you making me feel like I killed someone? So I'm like, what do I use my voice for now? What if I give my voice to another cause and the cause attacks me? So I was like, I wish I can sit with activists and see how they feel when an activist lives his life genuinely and gives all their resources and their time and they don't sit with their family and, and, and for a cause, but then the people of the cause attack them. I was just in a state of reflection. I was like, all these people I hear about from history, you know, just, just kind of like trying to channel them, have conversations with them in my imagination. What did they go through? How does the pain feel like? That was a moment I felt I was upgraded from Haifa, the content creator, to an activist, a creative activist. Because then I'm like, if I can fall that hard and go through that pain and still stand up, and I know my intention is people, is goodness, is, is no racism, is choice, is growth. And I'm still standing, though I'm bleeding, I must I connect with these activists and I'm going to give myself that I'm a creative activist because then that gave me power. Girl, oh my God, that was so strong. You gave so many tactics, just like one after another after another of how you evolved and how you went through this process, which is so powerful because you know me, I am all about tactics because listening to you right now, people may feel so motivated, they may feel so driven to go out and be authentically themselves. But the second they get backlash, pushback, someone's, you know, hurt their feelings, it's yeah. hard to not fall back to your knees. It's hard not to um, just succumb to other people's beliefs and opinions. So I am the biggest fan of having things that I can turn to in real time so that I can help myself in these moments. Um, so that was amazing. Um, one thing I want to ask you is you you re repeated multiple times about empathy how on earth do you have empathy for someone that wants you dead in 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 and i i don't mean that tongue-in-cheek i actually mean people are saying you know die and like that's harsh how on earth do you stay empathetic towards that because i understand the power of it like having that power to do it brings down i think the anger and the 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 anxiety in the stomach so i think the right answer is develop empathy for these people but how the hell do you do it when they're just um trying to tear you down they're fighting their own battles it must be so hard the battle that they're fighting internally to wish this upon someone so just instead of seeing them as an attacker, I feel sorry for them. And uh, it just changes the energy from hating them to feeling sorry for them. And that's a very different vibration. And then I know that if I take it personally, I kill myself before they kill me. Hmm. 
Wow. Yeah. Just need to let that sit with me for a minute. That was, unex- I didn't expect you to say that. So that really hit me. Ooh, that's a, such a strong perspective, girl. Um, I love that so much. So for me, when my dad said to me, basically your marriage is going to fail, you know, your husband, he, Tom doesn't know anything about the Greek religion. He's not even christened. So you can't even get married in a Greek Orthodox church. Like at the time I was young, I was 21. And so I would just look it personally. I took it like my dad was saying, you're not good at relationships. He's going to be no good for you. You guys aren't going to work. You're terrible. What are you doing? That's how I, that's what I heard. Now in my growth, in my evolution, in my understanding, in my um, going from a fixed mindset to an open mindset, to a growth mindset, I now go back and go, wow, it's not the worldview he has because it's not how he lived. And so it's not a judgment on me being a bad human that can't make a marriage work. It's just his perspective that he's never seen it work before. So he assumes it's not going to work. And so once I see it like that, I almost, I have an utter respect and um, space now to hear people's opinions where I don't ever take it personally because I'm going, oh, what happened in their life that took them to think like that? And Mm -hmm. is it childhood? We even said it earlier, right? The conditioning that we've had of growing up has developed us to think a certain way. Exactly. Not everything is exactly how we get it. And that's wisdom to see beyond that. That's what age gives you. Uh, So Lisa, you mentioned a few times me going through an evolution. I would call it uh, a transition or a change because when we say evolution, we would maybe say I got better and I'm dissing someone who still didn't do that or something. I would say it's interesting. So so for you, that's so interesting how it's an emphasis on the fact that words matter because for me, I don't perceive it like that. So imagine I do a whole post about I'm evolving and this is the most amazing thing possible, but someone else using a different word may actually see it as a negative. And so that's why to me, like language matters, but also that's the thing of like, how do you then make sure that you're getting through to everybody, right? Because when I say evolution, I don't mean that as a negative that you're you're pushing away from something bad. I think it is a it is a transformation, but by definition, that doesn't mean that you're pushing away from something bad. But I actually understand if other people do. So, so in fact, Haifa, help me here. How do we then, even in this discussion, I'm sure there's people watching right now that have picked up some certain words, like evolution, where they're like, oh, um, they've taken offense to it. How do we actually get through that? Like, talk to me about that, actually. How do we break that? Uh, I don't know if it's possible to break it a hundred percent. Uh, it's not realistic maybe to think that everything you will do will never offend anyone. Um, all I know is that you can try your best to be as clear as possible, but it's through history where people tried their best to be understood and they were misunderstood or, or, or judged. So a part of the journey when you want to live and, uh, for a change or change or be an activist is also having the wisdom to to deal with consequences and a choice. Do I explain myself or do I let it go? (laughs) And where's the fine line for you then? Uh, The fine line is I always try to listen uh, to my audience. And I feel like if anything is constructive or if I was a bit unfair to them, I will 
like a second guess myself. I'll sit with myself. Uh, a lot of times some people were in my DMs and it felt like an attack. And I'm like, you know what? I want to talk to you right now. Let's talk. And I talk to them and I end up being their friend and learning a lot from them. I'll give you an example. Once I was in Kenya and I was talking about meditation and breathing in the trees and, and taking a moment. One girl messaged me, why do you keep talking about meditation in such a way, la 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 la, where it felt like an attack. I got very offended. But then I was like, let me start a conversation and see. So I started a conversation and it's because it's text. And now, you know, people would reply. We don't hear each other. So it felt harsh because in my head, I'm wired. If anyone says anything to me, they're screaming at me. So I heard it screaming, but she was just actually wondering. You cannot believe what happened next. What happened next is she said, yeah, I actually agree with you. And meditation is this, this, and that. And I've been following you and I hear you out. It darkly turned into a conversation because I allowed that door. And I'm like, let me give it a chance. And then she sent me the link of someone. She's like, I think you will really like that person. Check him out. I watched his YouTube video and I was in love with what he talks about, about consciousness and all of that. I messaged him telling him, I love your work. Thank you for the, what you're sharing. Sharing. He talks about energy and growth and consciousness. And he said, just yesterday, I told my wife that I would love to coach you. And now he is my coach. Yeah. From a comment to having someone as a coach referred by one of my followers. Yeah. Okay. So that's amazing. Um, example of why when someone, it's not even challenging, but even questions that if you don't take it as a, um, attack that it can lead to something great. Um, but it's a whole different world when it's your family, your friends, people yeah. close to you. Because here's the thing, most people listening right now don't have the thousands, hundreds of thousands of followers like you, you do. So I'm really going to, how do you switch it off when it's someone close to you? How do you switch it off? Or not even switch it off, how do you have the discussion? Because here's what I used to do. When someone would challenge me or say, oh my God, I can't believe you're doing that. Immediately, I got on the defensive. Like yeah. I would, I, I wasn't explaining because this is where the whole conversation started, right? Where you're like, I just want to, you know, sometimes I'll just explain, I'll get into conversation. And you notice the conversation leads to you having incredible a mentor or trainer and, you know, it leads to somewhere beautiful. But when is someone close to you? How do you know when, or do you have a, God, a metric or something that you assess by when it's family that's coming at you. Um, how do you how do you act then? How do you handle it and feel like you want to have a discussion instead of defending your position? Lisa, I don't know. Actually, I don't know. It's hurtful. Uh, one of the most things that hurt me, top two things, is when my cousins or aunt commented about me in public and I, 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 I'm very hurt by my family or some, some, uh, because there were a lot of uh, people, yeah, supportive and uh, lovely family members, but when it's family, it's so hurtful and it's deep. And I know anyone that went through anything family and I'm all about family and I love it, but it's such a challenge. It puts you on challenge and it, you get tested when it's family because it's hurtful. It's so hurtful when it's family. You really need to have a lot of awareness and wisdom to deal with it. I know if I physically meet them, we'll make up and we'll hug because I know at the core, we love each other. But right now, because we live in different places and uh, with distance, uh, doesn't help. For now, I'm hurt. I'm very hurt by them because for a stranger to attack is one thing, but for a family to attack, it's another thing. 
But I know that I will have more peace of mind when I forgive even and release that. But I'm not that's a, and that's the thing I think you were just about to say, actually, so sorry for interrupting you, but forgiveness is more for yourself than yeah. it is for them. Like yeah. holding on to that is so toxic, like in every aspect of your life when you hold on to hate or, but it doesn't mean you should accept toxic people in your life. And I am so with you there. It is so freaking hard. Um, I think it's important, and I don't know if you ever did this, but so many people push back when I say this, and I'm like, guys, if you could just allow this into your life, it allows you to see things to me so much clearer, is ask yourself, do I still want this person in my life? And here's the thing, if it's a parent, if it's a sibling, if it's an aunt, most people are like, I can't ask them, of course they're gonna be in my life. No, no, you have a choice. Going back to what you said right at the beginning, and this whole conversation is about choices. You have a choice. You don't have to call your dad. You have a choice. Now for me, my choice was, I love my dad more than life itself. I, I want him in my life, even if he doesn't believe in my marriage. That was a yeah. decision I made. But once I made that decision, I no longer spent an ounce of energy trying to convince him or trying to defend my position. But yeah. I had to ask myself that very real question that people don't want to ask them of, do I still keep this family member in my life? Yeah, I'm a bit old school in that sense where I would say, let's try our best to fight for our family. And one thing that I really learned from my culture and Islam and being here is just how important family is and the bond. So when I see some family members like uh, disagreeing for years over uh, the same topic, I'm like, can we just make up already? Because it will just feel better. It's all about the courage to have the tough conversations and to let our egos dissolve. So maybe while you would say you can cut them out, I would say, let's try to keep them in a healthy way. But we, maybe we, every story is different because maybe we come from like a privileged place. Some people are maybe physically hurt by their family, like physical abuse as well. So yes. So thank you for saying that. So removing the physical, I have not ever, ever been physically abused by my family. So a hundred percent. Thank you for saying that. I, I'm actually in complete agreement with you, but what I'm saying is you should, to me, make every effort. I'm very old school as well. My family, you know, I've come from a very big Greek family. So I'm super traditional. Family is everything to me, which is why I would rather personally, no judgment to anyone else. I would rather have a family member, like a parent who isn't right now, but I'm just giving an example. If they were yeah. toxic in my life, I would do everything I humanly possibly can to try and make it work. I'm just saying that to ignore the fact that cutting them out is an option is blinding you to your choices. You know what's crazy, Lisa? The conversation that we just had, maybe we thought we're having different points of views and what we got into, and it's at the core of what we're talking about, just knowing that you have another choice. You don't have to go to it, but knowing that you have another choice, option A, B, and C in your life, that alone feels empowering. And when you choose one thing over the other, knowing that you had it just shows more how much you really want that. It's all about not being blinded to what could be your choices or your rights as a human. Again, we say somebody wants to get out of a toxic marriage, but she's afraid of what the neighbors, the cousins, the aunts would say, knowing that she has that choice. She might, uh, she has a choice to leave. She might and her husband decide, no, we want to work on it. But to know that we have that choice, but to feel like you don't even have that choice and not to even know that you have it, this is imprisonment. 
Yeah, and you want to talk about any something that's gonna is poison that will become toxic very quickly in every aspect. It's that, right? It's it's being imprisoned, feeling like you're living a life that isn't you. And now we're kind of coming full circle to where we are now is us trying to talk about this so that we can empower other women to just go, what do I want in life? What are my choices? And how do I make that a reality so I can start living to be the person I really want to be? Exactly. A hundred percent. And it's okay if someone doesn't have it figured out because a part of living a lot of times these days with all the self-help books and their captions, every, nobody has it fully figured out. And it's a journey and we keep discovering, uh, being a traveler, especially I, I learned so much. I change just giving yourself the, the space to be and, and to grow and to learn in itself is life in itself is a right that you give yourself first. No one can control your mind. It's in here. No one can touch it. Just giving yourself that freedom. It starts with here and everything will come from there. And also knowing that our reality is not the only right reality. We talked about what's right. There are so many realities out there. There are people listening to us in Cuba, in Asia, in Mongolia, freezing. Some people are really hot right now uh, from the weather and all of that. So there are so many realities and being open to that reality, you get to live more than one lifetime at once. So it's all about that openness. We've been controlled a bit as a mankind by judgment and one another. We're just losing out on our human experience. The more we're liberated from that and are open to seeing different realities and truths, the more we can live freely actually so lisa uh when we talk about oh let's not judge each other we need to remember that we're asking we're asking some like i'm asking you not to judge me not just so you don't hurt me so you don't hurt yourself first and i'm block assert have a block here towards something we need to realize and always hold ourselves the more i get into consciousness and psychology and that they tell you that whenever you judge someone it's a mirror about what's in you something that's triggering you so the the when you find yourself judging less you know you're more at peace you're accepting yourself more and therefore you're accepting things and beings around you more so bravo to anyone. And by the way, you can change. I used to be judgmental. I used to judge a lot of things that now, you know, I find myself doing. So it's a journey. It's a learning journey and it's a path to freedom. Girl, that was so beautiful. That is, I mean, literally I could talk to you forever. As you know, girl, we've spent many, many evenings just hanging out and speaking mindset and speaking female choices and how we change the world. Um, thank you for showing up as your true self. Where can people follow you and uh, follow the journey that you're on? Uh, so I go by the name Fly with Haifa. So you can find me at Fly with Haifa on YouTube, Instagram, different places, hopefully soon a podcast and uh, some other stuff. But yeah, my name is Haifa and you can find me at Fly with Haifa. Guys, 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 go check out this woman. When I say she is the bright light in the sky for any dark times, I truly, truly mean it. Her spirit, the way she thinks is so incredible. She owns her choices. She takes them seriously. And she's always progressing and changing to be truly who she is. So go follow her. Go check out her content, guys. If you're not following me, follow me at Lisa Billu. And if this episode brought you value, please, please do subscribe, comment, share to all all your friends and empower them to let them know they too have a choice 
Until next time, guys, go be the hero of your own life. Peace out.